Before we get started with today's podcast, we'd like to ask returning listeners to leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, share a link to this podcast with friends or family who would enjoy hearing our weekly discussions about basketball and basketball culture. Now, on to the show. Yeah, isn't it amazing when Michigan can keep this game to a 19.9 inch game inside that three point line, it's all there. Welcome to the 19.9 Podcast. I'm Aaron Meyer, host of the 19.9 Podcast today. On me, with me returning is Ian Stonebrook. Uh, he's, uh, I can call you a 19.9 writer now. Uh, as Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's officially on the resume. Yeah, as well as some other things, but I've seen you all over lately. Uh, podcast, guest, guesting, talking to, about uh, sneakers, coaching we were just talking about. Of course, contributed to Nice Kicks back in the day. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. Been busy, but good, man. Happy to be on here. For sure, for sure. So my idea for this podcast is you wrote an article for 19.9 talking about the upcoming Michigan release, but focused specifically on the shoes. And I just wanted to dive in a little bit more, talk about the Fab Five, because I don't think this is one of those things that could ever get old is talking about the fab five with people and specifically about their style and just what it contributed to the basketball culture at large. Yeah. I mean, if we, we want to feel old, I mean, it's what 30 years now. <laughs> since they, uh, uh, I mean, I, I guess, you know, to be fair, you know, assuming they actually arrived in ca- on campus and, you know, August rather than uh, July, we still have a uh, you know a few weeks, few weeks. Uh, depending on when this airs for <laughs> thirty years, but that's nuts, man. It you know, is. and the fact that it it hasn't gotten old. Um, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, the uh, the impact still stands, even if some of the trends have uh, kind of started to trend uh, the other direction. But yeah, still uh, still hits an emotional nerve with uh, all of us old enough to uh, hmm. seen them play or to be just you know even in the age bracket to hear about them you know shortly after the moment yeah well tell me about your first i want to start there tell me about your first recollections like where where did you first hear about uh the fab five or how did you start start following them like what was that thing that moment that sparked the interest for you you know for me i think it was really coming up on i think it was two things um i think it was coming up on the generation of michigan players right after them like lewis bullock robbie reed tractor trailer uh, maurice taylor you know i'm 33. So when the Fab Five touched down, you know, I'm basically a toddler elementary school kid. Um, But, you know, from there, I I think a decent amount of it, too, is also I've always had such a strong interest, uh, you know, thanks to my cousin Todd down there in Evansville (laughs) about um, not just basketball, but basketball style. And, you know, when Nike rolled out the Chris Weber Michigan jersey with the Weber on the back, that was a big moment, you know, because as kids, um, you know, who are probably pretty commercialized and, you know, into the gear, you know, my dad always said, you know, if you spend as much time working on your jumper as looking <laughs> at the East Bay, you'd be pretty good. And <laughs> probably right. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd have a career in it, but, um, you know, to see, uh, to see the Weber Michigan Jersey with like Weber stitched on the back, you know, we talk about what's going on in name, image, and likeness now. And granted, you know, Chris did uh, 
you know, gone pro at that point, but that was, that was pretty high level. So I always wanted that. I ended up getting the, uh, authentic tractor trailer Jersey from, uh, palace locker room store, the Howell outlets. I had a, uh, wizards, Juwan Howard Jersey, you know? Um, and then obviously, you know, even when I was in Michigan state, um, you know, which is kind of funny considering, uh, the rivalry, you know, yeah. I was still wearing a nuggets, Jalen Rose, you know, Jersey, we'd still wear black socks with black sneakers and I am league, you know, we, uh, all decided to buzz our heads once and, you know, nice. all immediately regretted it. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, throwing on a Jalen Rose Jersey made it, you know, sting a little less, but yeah, you know, I mean, uh, in, uh, it, obviously growing up in Michigan and being a Michigan fan as a kid, you know, the fab five was, I mean, to me, you know, it was the starting point, you know, even more than the 89 championship team. Yeah. It just seems like the, the the crazy thing is to have that cultural impact 30 years later. It's almost reserved for things outside of the sports spectrum. Like we usually look back at maybe with some reverence at basketball players from past eras, but not usually with the level of like elevation that they hold, especially uh, college guys. You know, they're only there maybe two, three years, you know, even for like Jabbar or somebody like that that played like 20 years, still holds the all-time scoring record. And he doesn't seem to get the respect as the guys that were at Michigan for two years. Yeah, it's odd that it was such a, um, you know, I think what it is is that it really felt like kids doing it their way Mm. and changing the culture, which is uh, awesome when you're a kid. Probably not as awesome when you're coaching kids or you're a principal <laughs> like yourself. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a scarier idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they did it their own way. And, you know, we'll probably get into it, even though I feel like the uh, uh, the Larry Johnson and Anderson Hunt, Stacey Ogman, UNLV team was kind of a spiritual successor in terms of the style and the attitude they played with, you know, five freshmen starting. um and doing everything that they did, um, you know, aesthetically, um, sonically in terms of the music they're listening to and the trash talk on the court and just flat out playing. I mean, back to back national championship yeah. games. That's nuts. You know, I yeah. mean, uh, I don't think we'd ever see that again just based on uh, at least not with five freshmen. Cause nah, then they have somebody to be, be, go- somebody be leaving. And, yeah. Yeah. Everybody be bouncing. Yeah, definitely. I, I think to, you know, Going back to to those teams, the I guess the UNLV had that that same the essence of what the Michigan teams then carried over, but maybe somehow didn't break through to the national spotlight in the way that the Michigan teams do. I don't know if it was because they played in the Midwest or in the Big Ten that changed the perspective on it, or maybe because they were more known in in high school. Because it seemed like even being from the Midwest, I'm a little older than you. Um, I had heard about some of these guys even in even in high school. They had a little bit of name recognition. The McDonald's All American game had started to become um, a, a little bit more of its own thing. Like before, you'd hear about they might name check them during a game, be like this guy was a McDonald's All American, but you didn't really hear about it until after they were already in college. And then it started around this time. You'd start to hear about high school players too, and they started to become more into the, you know, into the basketball culture in a bigger way. You know, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I know for, for myself, what Kobe Bryant meant Mm. as somebody who was like eight years old when he was drafted. And I know for like a buddy of mine, like Nick Ingvall, who's uh, 
run sneaker history and you know we worked together nice kicks back in the day and he's uh he's a little older than us like how chris weber was just the coolest dude in the world to him at that point because he was a high school kid that was nationally covered that was on magazines that had a story going in so yeah i think that um you know i think they broke through a little different i do think the midwest uh helps because i mean i was just in vegas for the big three. Oh, nice and, how uh, was that wait wait, wait. have you got oh, awesome. we gotta yeah. stop you there um yeah very very good time um but you know that mountain west time zone is tough <laughs> i don't even know if i'm saying the right time zone but just yeah, in terms are. of you know eyeballs and stuff so and then playing in the midwest um already having a um you know obviously they became you know controversial or whatever, which is good for eyeballs, but uh, it didn't feel like at that time the NCAA was against them, which I know, you know, having just finished uh, Tarkinian's, you know, biography, the NCAA definitely was against them. And, you know, there wasn't the same momentum, you know, I mean, like Larry Johnson went to a Juco before he got to UNLV. So like, you know, these guys would kind of a decent amount of his players would kind of come in in that route, so there wasn't the the same uh, on the record narrative, if you will, yeah. or you know, there's yeah. there's kind of a pause and attention to them. So yeah, I mean, the Fab Five, like, you know, I mean, it's like you know, Nas appears on Live at the Barbecue, and then Elmatic drops, you know, yeah, or like yeah. there's you know, like there's a that 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 that, that beat that beat to it where it's like you're dropping the dropping the record needle on it. Yeah, definitely. And too, I mean, I think the the Midwest um, or the Big Ten, you know, especially with, you know, IU being a powerhouse in the 80s, Michigan winning a championship in the uh, in 89, it had some cachet around it. And it seemed to me like, I mean, it was such a big moment. It almost doesn't even feel like the Big Ten itself, you know, like (laughs) it's big, you know, it's bigger than that. You know, I mean, it was. You know, not like, you know, they weren't, uh, you know, having good games against, you know, Purdue or whoever else, but it, you know, it really put them on the map in a different way and uh, kind of stole some juice from the the Big East and the ACC, which is where most of the uh, TV eyeballs and, uh, you know, sneaker dollars were going. Yeah, it's like Zion, you know, Obama showing up uh, courtside to one of Zion's games, right? It's just, uh, there's just something different in the air when something like that is happening and it seemed the same for them where it's just like, Something we're not sure what's happening here, but but something's happening here. Do you think some yeah. of it had to do with the way that it seemed like the players were orchestrating? And I know they're all recruited, recruited, but you know, pretty famously, Jalen Rose and some of the other players are working behind the scenes to kind of get everybody that on on the same page to to go to Michigan together. And that that seems like a change that where the even now it's it's gone so much further past that. There's a couple left, maybe like Coach K who's leaving, but I mean, almost everybody's gone. Where it was the coach at the top. And then the players second, but way second. And now maybe it's a little more, a little more balanced. Yeah. The irony is like, you know, based on the, uh, the 30 for 30, it felt like Juwan Howard was kind of the ringleader, right, yeah. you know, you know, getting, you know, you know, Jimmy on board and Ray and, you know, Chris and Jalen and the fact that he's the coach there now is pretty wild. Yeah. Right. But yeah. It, it felt like there was, you know, it wasn't just like showing up to basketball camp and, you know, you're put in a, a dorm with somebody you've never met. Hi, how are you? You yeah. know, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, these guys had a, these guys had a, um, a history and a relationship beforehand, but one that's kind of unique. Cause you know, this predates the internet, it predates texting. 
uh, you know, the AAU circuit and the camps, you know, from, you know, the Nike camps that existed then, but I don't think that it's not, it's not 365, you know, it wasn't 365 then like it is now. So like these guys all knew each other and knew of each other in a way that was special, but it wasn't, uh, I don't know. It just felt different. You know yeah. what I mean? If it was different, I'm not sure, but it felt different. Yeah, definitely. Reading back on it, it 30 years ago, like the, a, lot, a lot's changed since then for sure. Well, let's get into the article a little bit. I'm going to start uh, with my own story. I, I told you this before, before off there. I've got two pairs of socks, which my wife laughs at me about because these these socks are actually 30 years old <laughs> to go to That's go awesome. with it so I, I grew up by chicago and so uh we went had a nike town in chicago so right after the they're they're out i am looking everywhere and of course nike is not on the release schedule that they are now where they're giving it to the players you know a few weeks before like tatum and those guys are wearing the jordan 36 and they're out to the public a few weeks later it's like the a year later and then all of a sudden they're like oh maybe we'll put it out some somewhere but you have a, a little bit of story even about uh the guys on the team uh trying to trying to figure out coordinate a little bit and i thought it just is it's crazy to think about now yeah you know jalen and ray have spoke on it on a few occasions but basically they're in texas to play rice and uh ray's from austin actually where i'm at right now he still lives here nice and uh one of ray's buddies you know how pulls up to the hotel room and has, I think it was a gray and blue Nike sock. So kind of like the, uh, you know, font across the front yeah. sock, I would imagine. Um, or maybe the the double logo. I'm not sure. But, you know, they're like, oh, those are hard, you know, and they decide, oh, let's do black. So they go to the mall, you know, I don't know if it's the Galleria or which mall in Houston, <laughs> and, you know, just want to find five pairs of black Nike socks. Yeah. And they can't. They can find like three. <laughs> so Galen has to wear like basically like dress socks, like church socks over his socks, you know, to kind of, yeah. you know, do the look. And it's funny too, because like at that point in time, like wearing black socks was, it was like some grandpa stuff. Like it wasn't <laughs> right. cool. It wasn't, you know, it became, it was doing, it was very hip hop in terms of flipping and sampling something that's like relevant or odd in another space, but amplifying it or making it your own in it and you know one of the things that i would argue with that or i said in the article actually i sent it i sent josh the second article too so maybe he'll run that I uh, him, I, yeah there's a there's i'm like gonna a i'm gonna get it i'm gonna run. get it if uh no one if no, no one else does <laughs> hey you know, a fun fact the sneaker article is actually written uh in my car on my way down from michigan to indiana nice. when i was uh visiting family a few That's weeks great. ago so yeah on uh uh it yeah, it makes a little sense in that regard. But, um, you know, to my knowledge, socks didn't matter mm. before then. You know, I mean, like socks were an afterthought. They were like the worst Christmas gift you could get. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, not, of, not spending like 20. I mean, what is it? Like a pair of stance stan socks. They've got all these like 20, 25 bucks for a pair of socks. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, before that, the only thing I could ever really think about socks having any sort of story in basketball so obviously Pistol Pete's like right. floppy gray socks. Yeah. And then John Wooden, you know, the attention to detail, putting on your socks, putting on your chucks, you know, so you don't have blisters. Because yeah. if you have blisters, it makes you don't move right or whatever else. And then to go from the fact. That might have been more about the chucks wearing the chucks than the socks, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and again, I mean, it was a it was a nuisance. I'm sure. Yeah. 
you know, Kareem, you know, Lou at that time and Bill and, you know, you know, Bibby and all those guys probably hated it. Oh like, you know, stocks were not something with a yeah. positive uh, <laughs> association. And then you you look to the mid 90s when those stocks are used to sell, you know, the air more up tempos when they're bringing those out in the print yeah. ads. Um, you know, I remember, uh, you know, the older kids when I was in elementary school, like Joe Harrington and Tom Wilbur, like having like Georgetown shorts <laughs> with those socks, like yeah. it mattered. And then when you take it all the way to two thousands, like you say, stance, you know, the Nike elite socks, mm. um, socks are a, you know, I mean, shoot, even the early two thousands, you know, with the throwback era and the, you know, Jason Terry, you know, high socks oh, and yeah, stuff like sure. that. It um they they made a they made a uh, item that was very uncool, very relevant in an uncool way. Yeah, and uh, you know <laughs> now there's a lot of money in that industry. I still have a hard time not wearing black socks sometimes with black shoes. I just am like I'm like it kind of feels wrong if I throw on some white socks. But now it's almost I'm, I am an old man, so I'm like, is it a little bit too old man to have black socks on with my black shoes? But uh, you know, old habits die hard, right? I hear you on that. I'm the same way. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's do the uh, the Rudy Gay. Uh, I think he did white socks with like last shot 14s. I know yeah. my buddy uh, Jordan a, a fan of that, but kind of an odd thing still, you know? Still, right? All right, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the shoes. So I think it's, you know, you see some of the same trends uh, here with the shoes too, where, uh, you know, they start out where they're, just trying to coordinate themselves, but they get more integrated with, with the company. And I'm curious just how, where you started at with your research on this and then just a little bit of, of what you found about, you know, how they, they moved the needle from, uh, here's a shoe we're going to wear our team shoe because it was like the Chucks, like you were saying with John Wooden to showing more personality. I mean, everybody in the NBA has their own shoes. I mean, they'll come in, PJ Tucker will have three pairs of shoes in a game that they'll, that they're, you know, shouting out on social media or even in the pregame sometimes now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been a fortunate, you know, working for nice kicks and, you know, other jobs to cover the fab five before. So I had a little bit of, you know, background interest, um, you know, research done, but I thought it was really cool to hear, uh, you know, go back and hear Jalen tell the story about the Nike rep, you know, opening the bag, you know, kind of like, hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. And them kind of not really feeling it. You know, I mean, it's probably a lot of the, uh, you know, flight or force models of, you know, the early 90s that, I mean, we probably think are cool. Yeah. But like in the most generic, you know, white Navy team colorways, and Jalen just kind of finding the gumption to speak up, you know, because like, I mean, that was probably considered like a little disrespectful or like, I mean, if you're you know, getting Dick free Lube, stuff, like, right? Was, yeah. Yeah. I think he was kind of, you know, pulled aside and it's an interesting double edge, you know, um, you know, kind of catch 22 almost. Cause you know, in one way it's like, yo, you're getting free shoes. Yeah. Like don't complain. On the other hand, it's like, we're getting paid for you to wear these shoes exactly. and you're not getting... Anything. Any money or any say. Yeah. He was, you know, he was savvy enough to kind of meet in the middle and be like, hey, I get wearing Nike school. I'm going to wear Nike. But like, what else you got? And, you know, they end up basically making the Hirachi their own shoe. And, uh, you know, the rest of they say is history. Yeah, incredible. And everybody should check out the article. 
Because you in there, you go into detail about each each shoe, um, you know, from the Hirachi to, to the Charles Barkley shoes, which they sort of mm-hmm. even made their their own. You hinted that a little bit, and and some of the other models that they that they rocked on court. And I think it went along with the the whole uniform that they just kind of modernized too, where they're going from the the shorter shorts, which are back now, to the to the baggier shorts. Uh, Josh was telling me about a story that uh, somebody was saying they were gonna they wanted the night they wanted were asking him why the Nike swoosh wasn't on the the shorts that they're that they're about to release and he he, he responded back nicely but uh, I can imagine that uh, he was a little <laughs> not exactly sure how to respond to that one. <laughs> you know it's funny I I want to say I uh, I think I I sent the text to uh, to Josh and Nick but I think when I was you know like on a vintage you know eBay, you know, uh, rabbit hole, which I find myself in a lot. I think somebody was listing a pair of Indiana State 199 shorts <laughs> that they sewed a swoosh on. So, yes. <laughs> I, but, yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. I told them that I might that I might do that myself just for just for fun. You could, you know, buy them and then a few years later sew the swoosh on. I could be right in with the the timeline of the the Fab Five. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and it's funny, like, um, you know, considering the years that the Fab Five actually we're all there together you know like chris was still there the first two years they didn't have a nike switch on the shorts like that's one of the things that uh uh, the second article i sent kind of touches on is how they totally revolutionized like uh the partnerships between schools and uh brands you know because previously it was brands paying coaches directly so you know you could have you know, Steve Fisher getting, you know, broken off, you know, by Nike and, you know, the team wearing Nike shoes with basically like Russell or DeLong jerseys and the women's soccer team is in Adidas cleats. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right when Michigan really started moving the needle, like college sportswear was already pretty hot, but like, you know, on probably like, you know, on like the game bar caps or, you know, a starter jacket or, mm-hmm. you know, even like, you know, the the little mini balls you'd win at a carnival or something like that. And it really took the Fab Five to push, you know, to say, hey, like, we need to be in on some of this, you know, money, you know, as far as Nike was concerned. So Nike, you know, famously signs a multi-year deal with North Carolina and then they sign one with Michigan. Obviously, Duke eventually comes into the fold and you know, we have, you know, you know, what are all some of our favorite pages, you know, in uh, East Bay now, you know, shout out to, a, you know, Drew Hamill, Nike stories that, you know, because of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it became a tent pole for schools to have uh, the, these branded brands associated with them. It's part of the, you know, selling as much as uh, the, the gym or the workout facility. It's like we're a Nike school. I see who is who is it recently? UCLA just went, I think, Jordan. And one of their guys yes. I've seen on YouTube has been like opening up the stuff that he gets they get from Jordan Brand and kind of talk, talking about it. And I see the number of views. I'm like, um, amazing! Like just the the, the interconnectedness of it. And this is kind of the the starting point for all that. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully, with you know name, image, and likeness, you know that player or any player can make money off YouTube unboxing the stuff they get for free. You yeah. know, and it's only going to help them out because you know. Uh, uh, you know, generally speaking, it ain't dummies at this at these brands. So <laughs> if you can send, you know, the, uh, you know, whoever ends up being, you know, this year's Zion in college basketball, you know, 
trophy room ones or, you know, uh, you know, easy foam runners or whatever <laughs> else, you know, I mean, shoot, you know, I mean, it, it's not, you know, uh, why wouldn't you, if you're, you know, even as silly as this sounds, if you're, you know, uh, you know, a designer label, why wouldn't you say, Hey, you know, we're going to send, uh, you know, so-and-so, you know, his or her first pair of, you know, Chanel's or Louis Vuitton. Okay. So when they are in the tunnel, you know, once they're in the WNBA or NBA, you know, they're wearing our stuff. But um, a real quick tangent in terms of research, I got to shout out my guy, uh, Todd Cravanchi. Pardon if I butchered the last name because I'm, I'm bad with that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But a uh, good dude, North Carolina historian, uh, one of the founders of Nike Talk. He shot me a photo after the article went live. It's actually a basketball card. And it's uh, Jalen Rose, and I'm guessing would have been like 1994 at Michigan playing in white on white Air Force Ones. Wow, nice. Yeah, white on white Air Force One lows, which is is crazy because if you've ever read uh, Gary Warnett, uh, rest in peace, he did a great deep dive for Complex on the Air Force One history and the white on white itself, which is obviously like the iconic, yeah. you know, Seminole Air Force One, you know, low color way. There's not really a firm date as to when and where it first released. Interesting. You know, some people say maybe it was, you know, a Baltimore exclusive, yeah. you know, in the early 90s. Some people say they didn't really hit stores till the mid-90s. But the fact that Jalen is wearing them <laughs> and the, the same guy who, you know, made Hirachi's cool on court, you know, made, you know, Black Barkley's cool on court yeah. is wearing truly a retro basketball sneaker before that was even an yeah. idea yeah. and a white on white low top at that is, is pretty cool. Yeah. He was willing to zag, zag even then. I mean, that, that, that kind of goes with his personality. I think that's stuck, stuck through. Well, I want to go back to the name image and likeness thing uh, and ask a couple, couple questions related to that. Um, first, do you think that uh, they had more power because they were a collective Um and that that became such a thing, or do you think it's possible that they would have been just as powerful had they been able to market themselves as as individuals? You know, that's a fantastic question. Uh, yeah, I think they. Well, I'll say this: I think back then they had more power because they're collective. You know, just in terms of strength and numbers, sheer talent, and like those guys were so tightly knit at that time. At least that's how it felt. That it's like it meant so much to them for, you know, Ray and Jimmy to join the starting lineup, you know? So like when you have that type of interconnectivity and pull, you know, Jalen can speak up to the Nike rep, you know what I mean? Like they can say, Hey, we, we need the center shorts. You know what I mean? We need bigger <laughs> stuff, you know? And I mean, not like they're Break out the material. Yeah. I mean, not like they're bullies. Like Jalen's one of the nicest guys ever. Like right. I interviewed him years ago. Great dude, you know? And I think the flip side is if this happens now, even though I'm all for name, image, and likeness, I think it's great. It's maybe a little tougher in terms of getting those package deals in certain set of individuals. Not to say that it's like, you know, I'm sure if you ask them, they probably would have rather had a, you know, a bag from five different brands <laughs> if that's what it took, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, equity in those companies or whatever it may be then versus, you know, starting trends, not getting paid for them, and also kind of getting, you know, the hammer hit on them on some of the NCAA stuff that, you know, after reading Tark's book seems more bogus than not on a lot of it. You know, I mean, I'm not in those rooms. I don't know the ins and outs, but um, 
yeah, it's going to be curious to see this year, you know, uh, where these kids take it, you know, um, I'm excited. It's the wild, it's the wild west, right? I feel like there could, there's a chance right now. There could be a, maybe I'm hoping another kind of fab five moment, right? Where you've got the, the opportunity for people to blow up. Maybe the machine will get a hold of somebody and, and really make them, you know, something, something super interesting that, that moves the needle. Definitely. You know, maybe I'm a little biased living down here in Texas, but I think, um, given the right recruiting class, I think the University of Houston has something really special with, um, you know, obviously Coach Sampson, but stylistically, they represent their city very well. You know, yeah. just like living in Texas, playing a little bit of basketball, you know, going to Houston for work or fun sometimes. And the fact that it's like watching them, watching those kids had me like rolling up my shorts. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> Oh, like, what would it look like if I actually, like, tucked my shorts into, you know, my, you know, basically, you know, like, bike tights right? that, you know, I'm wearing because yeah. of, you know, you know, PJ Tucker or whatever else. And it's like, I think that, you know, that's crazy to think, too, that it took, you know, 25 to 30 years for baggy shorts to become, quote unquote, uncool. Right. You know, I mean, that's pretty lasting. Not a lot of trends last that long. Yeah. Turns out we don't want to see guys likes that bad. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah, there's a uh, yeah, there's there's, a, there's an ebb and flow to it. It's funny. I when I when I've seen I I've seen Larry Bird clips uh, still. We, we're hoping that doesn't come back on, on some people. <laughs> they can they can stick yeah, with the mid, I think there's the mid a, leg. Uh, the mid leg is fine. <laughs> I, I I agree. Yeah, some of it can be a little a little too revealing, but um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember when I first moved to uh, Texas in 2010. Uh, me and, you know, my friends, Andy, Will, uh, Duckett's all when we were in like college was when Nike system address came out, which oh, yeah. are, you remember those absolutely humongous. Yeah. Like unbelievable. I'm five eleven though. My girlfriend and others made debate that height and <laughs> a pair of mediums is like all the way down to my shins. Yeah. And I used to play in them and I had to stop wearing them in the Texas heat in 2010 because I'd get so sweaty. Like <laughs> I'd go one way on a fast break and they'd go the other way. And it's like, I own me off balance. <laughs> yeah. I just literally can't do this. So it's funny, you know, uh, the literal lengths, you know, they went with shorts and how, you know, how far it went and, oh my you know, God. Now how it's just kind of starting to trend back. Ridiculous. I've got a pair of Jordan shorts, kind of same thing. They were supposed to be so innovative for the time. They've got no waistband in them. So I don't know if you ever saw those. They've got no elastic in the waistband. Oh, and they've got yeah. like things on the side, like a textured material on the side to wipe your hands with. They were pretty amazing when I first got them, but they are. The length is almost too much for me to handle anymore. I tried playing with them last week, but they are so long. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I'm curious if a, a brand will ever, you know, maybe this is a, you know, 19, I, I don't think it's 1999's lane, but you never, never know. Never know, yeah. Free, free idea, ding, ding, ding. But if uh, if a brand will ever come out with a basketball short where the seams, if you will, below the waistband are almost like origami style to folding, you mm, know what I mean? So, yeah. When you are, you know, rolling up or adjusting the length on your shorts, you know, you're not, uh, I don't know, you're not putting your balls in a bind, yeah, you're not uneven with it, it you know, yeah. or whatever else. Uh, you know, to your point about the texture, I remember, oh, maybe around 2015, give or take a few years, Adidas rolled out for the NCAA tournament 
shorts that had terry cloth logos oh, on yeah. the side so yeah. that they could wipe their hands and i was like man for somebody who sweats as much as me uh, that that's might right be the, texas, that, the, the texas heat made me think of that <laughs> yeah no doubt. Well, I'm going to get you out of, out of here on this. I want to know, uh, name, image, likeness, draft here. Who are you taking from the Fab Five as your as your number one pick and why? I mean, I got to go Jalen, you know? <sighs> I, I think it's, you know, obviously, like, you know, Chris is the runaway, yeah. uh, you know, talent, um, mm-hmm. you know, and has, but, yeah, I got, I, dang, that is tough. Um, I'm going Jalen just because... Okay. I think that um, if you're looking at, like, if these guys are all, you know, miraculously reborn, you know, to be, you know, freshmen in 2021 rather than 1991, I think Jalen could, you know, Jalen DJs, you know, Jalen is a media personality. You know, when I talked to, you know, Jalen, you know, years ago for Nice Kicks, he was talking about walking around, you know, Ann Arbor in the winter with a tissue rolled up in his nose like Red Man, you know, and then he'd talk about, you know, DJ and I'd be like, what type of songs do you like to play? And he's like, oh man, I might, you know, take it back and play Rod Stewart. Do you think I'm sexy? Like, he's oh just, uh, he, he's a dude with a lot of personality and yeah. a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of taste yeah. and very expressive. So I think that would take well to this kind of influencer era. I mean, you know, Chris obviously, you know, is somebody that, you know, went on to, I mean, shoot, he dated Tyra Banks, I want to say. He, yeah. uh, you know, he had, um, you know, he had production credits, you know, on Nas albums and stuff. Like, so he was, a, uh, and, and I think he's uh, actually, especially when they do players only and he's moderating kind of like a Ernie Johnson type role. Mm-hmm. I think he's gotten very good at media. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm still going, I'm still going Jalen. I went. I wouldn't feel right if I didn't say him. I like how about, it. How about you? Who are you taking? I, so I think it's a you can you can split it. I I take Weber still, hoping that he could uh, maybe that the machine would li- would lift him up. I think if you're just going on talent to succeed in this moment, I think you're right, Jalen. Jalen's the pick because he seems to want to sell himself more than Weber does too. Weber wants to be just kind of, and, and maybe that's the, you know, the circumstances he came up in, right? Like everybody was pointing at him. Whereas like Jalen Moore had to go like, you know, get the thumbs pointed at himself and figure it out for himself. Uh, so I think that, that there's some skill that, that Jalen had to develop where Weber was just kind of foisted into that, into that moment. Definitely. I got to say just to uh, play foil, I, you know, you can make a case for Juwan or Jimmy because yeah. the the fan bases they would have in Chicago and Dallas, which are big cities. That's fair. And then you could make a case for uh, for Ray with the Black Sox because yeah. the uh, the margins on selling Black Sox and scales, <laughs> which you could do so, man. I think you do pretty well. Oh my gosh! If they had not come around till now, and he could have like trademarked it like Pat Riley in the three peat, like Black Sox, those are my, those are mine. <laughs> Hey, I hope so. If I, if I ever run into him again in Austin, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll throw that idea his way. All right, man. Well, I so appreciate your time. And uh, everyone needs to check out the article, find out way more about the shoes than we were able to get into here. Uh, educate yourself on that sneaker history so that when they come out, you'll be able to tell the story to yourself. And this Friday, if you haven't heard already, uh, the the – 199 is dropping the Michigan, the first of the Michigan retros, which I'm sure there'll be many, uh, but check it out. Sign up for the email. I think you get like 15 minutes early access. So it's, it's worth to get in there and then you'll know about all the other drops. All right, man. We'll talk again soon.
All right, appreciate it. Peace. Thank you for listening to the 199 podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. And while you're at it, leave us a rating or review. Five stars only, like the basketball camp. We also have links to all of 199 social media so you never miss a release. Until next time. 